Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And get those insights, really, for yourself. Everyone's different. Everyone's journey is different. But it, it's a bit like a relationship. If you're thinking, should I leave my partner? There's a bit of a clue in there that definitely something needs looking at. So I would say do it for yourself. It's only 90 days. I would say for your own peace of mind, for your own learning, also for your own kind of sense of confidence, actually. Welcome to Series 2 of the One Year No Beer Podcast. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, then hit that button so you don't miss another episode. Just before we get started with today's interview, I just want to quickly mention one thing that Jen and I do every day. We were so lucky to come across this brand listening to podcasts just like this. And we are so proud to be sponsored by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is literally one scoop of this all-round nutritional insurance, which is made up of no less than 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfoods, scientifically researched and blended together to support and improve energy recovery, immunity, and digestion. It's so easy. You just get down in the morning, plop open that glass, pour in your athletic greens and pow, you are doing what you need in one scoop. If you want to join us, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash O-Y-N-B and join the health experts, athletes and health conscious go-getters around the world who are making a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash O-Y-N-B. Now don't forget the forward slash O-Y-N-B because this will entitle you to the special deal Athletic Greens have given out to our listeners. A year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs will take with you on the go. Once again, athleticgreens.com. Don't forget, O-Y-N-B. Now let's get started with the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Series 2 of the OYMB podcast. And today I'm very excited to introduce this incredible member who is such a huge inspiration in the OYMB community. She regularly posts very candidly about her own experience and her interactions with the with the outside world. And she has some really, really insightful um, posts that I can see that a lot of members obviously relate to and they really take a lot from it. So without further ado, please let me welcome Claire Holiday to the podcast. Claire. Hello. I am. Hello. Very excited. Thank you so much for coming on here today. 
I really felt like you, when I was looking at getting members to kind of come and talk about their experience, but also their transformational journey, I mean, you, you really popped up immediately for me as one of these people that could really bring a lot of, how do we say, information to the people who might be on the fence, people who are on the journey, people who are in the beginning of the journey, wherever you are, because you really, you kind of, when you started this journey, you kind of went all in right from the from the beginning. Is that right? Yeah. And it's super, I mean, first of all, thank you for thinking of me. It's <laughs> obviously a great honor. And it's quite strange for me, really, because when I started this, <laughs> I was, you know, I was famous for being the one always with a glass of wine in my hand. You know, I was that person that got every year at least three birthday cards with the hilarious joke about mum forgot the shopping because she was bit too busy drinking the wine or or mum mum only had one glass of wine with the massive goldfish bowl so every year I got many of those and in fact one Christmas I got three pairs of socks with if you can drink this bring me the wine from three different people so for me to have you know decided to go alcohol free um, and stuck to it for over two years now it's it's kind of strange for me to be sitting in this chair and um, yeah. you know uh, really a great honor that you would invite me to to speak about it and, and hope that I can inspire other people so yeah thank you but yeah I did go into it all in from day one but I think that's because honestly I felt pretty terrible at the beginning of the experience you know I and I signed up for the 90 days um mm. and I'd been thinking you know my birthday in, is in a September and from my birthday that year in the September I was thinking I'm going to get to Christmas and and that's it I'm I'm done because I was in such bad shape, you know, kind of mentally, emotionally, I was, I was tired. I was, you know, my story is really you know, probably similar to a lot of people. I've been working in a professional environment for, you know, just over 15 years now. So you spend that time, you come out of uni and you run, you know, you run, you run, you run and, and you achieve what you can. And I had a husband and a daughter back at work, running, 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 um, not doing much apart from working coming home having my reward glass of wine to chill out and relax and go back to work and do it all again and I was just exhausted mentally um, you know not sleeping well at all waking up in the night with anxiety quite often and I was quite open about this actually with colleagues because I was always quite clear that this must be a normal experience and I didn't want to give it the power over me that I would hide it and, and you know feel ashamed of how I was feeling but I, I was really really done so when I started the challenge in the January I, I signed up for 90 days and I knew I'd been drinking a lot and this was you know something I wanted to do for my health but I never ever ever knew how much of an impact that that evening wine was having on my life you know when I when I stopped mm. and I saw I was just amazed and it was kind of addictive then to see how long I could go what more I could discover and what more horrors I call this like the horror the horrifying truth of what wine was actually doing to my life and how it was holding me back from all of the other things so it, it was I think I was quite lucky in a way that I driven myself to a point where I needed a change and I was willing to to go through something to kind of get to the other side as it were and because it was such such a transition for me it was it was quite 
clear for me from a couple of weeks in that I needed to do this for longer and, and it was quite an exciting journey. Mm. And you, you mentioned that, you know, the, the wine in the evening, you know, you, you're in a pretty, you know, hectic job, daytime, you know, to get, be able to come home and relax and kind of have that wine down. I think that's what a lot of people have as an excuse. They do come home to that. So it's not necessarily the whole thing where you come home and just get really drunk, but it's just coming home and like that unwinding. But and I think a lot of people have this misconception that like, you have to have a problem with alcohol for, for it to be causing problem, right? Yeah, exactly. And I do try when I get a platform to talk about it with people because you don't want to go around as this alcohol-free pariah kind of lecturing everybody that you know Mm. but whenever I get a chance and people do ask often in a social situation because they notice and they're interested like I think there's such a taboo around not drinking alcohol it's oh Mm. you must have a problem to have even thought about that so people don't want to talk about it and I think it forces us into two poles you know there's either the people that say oh yeah I'm a functioning alcoholic look at me I drink loads and they kind of own it to prove that they don't have a problem or that they're happy or there's people the other end that then retreat into a cave and kind of just don't talk about it at all and and feel Mm -hmm. pretty pretty terrible about it and Mm -hmm. I I think you know I, I try and say to people I honestly don't believe in the conventional definition of alcoholic I don't think there's such a, a per- the, the alcoholic isn't a person there's no type of a person right mm-hmm. and I know we could get into a discussion about addictive personalities and genetics playing a role and I do believe in all of that um, mm-hmm. but fundamentally the problem isn't with the person it's the addictive substance that is alcohol and you know mm-hmm. the more I learn around what it does to your body and to your brain it is an addictive substance so anyone that drinks too much of it which is many, many of us because of the social norms that we have and the situations we have, you are going to get a bit addicted to it. And I know people don't like to say that they're addicted to wine because does that equal alcoholic? For me, no, it doesn't. It just means you've been using a lot of a a substance that is a bit addictive. So when you stop, there is going to be a gap and you just need to go through that. And, you know, your your brain, it it forces your brain to squirt out these chemicals to try and balance itself all the time. When you take the alcohol away, your brain has to squirt different chemicals and learn that. And it takes a while, but not long. Um, so for me, I, I really try and say to people, it, it, you don't have to be an alcoholic to to have even an issue with wine. Anyone that's drinking too much alcohol, it's having an effect on your body. Um, even mm. one glass has an effect on your body and people deal with it different differently, of course. Um, mm. but, but I really would like to break that taboo because I think it's really, really unhelpful in society say you know if you want to stop if you even think you're drinking too much then the problem is with you and and I really think it isn't and oh my god you know I could talk about this for hours because I think it's just shocking the way when you really take a step back step back and you see how alcohol is so normalized you know and people encourage you to drink on every occasion if something's bad I'll have a drink if something's good yay have a drink if you've got a day off oh definitely have a drink get on the beers from 11 it's a day off and so you've kind Mm. of got this situation where alcohol is is present in in pretty much all occasions as a norm and most Mm. people are drinking too much and so they will because there's this group think as well you know I hear a lot of stories of people you know on the group where you know I'm obviously a member of the community and we all post and comment on each other's things you know a lot of people struggle with this that they go to people's houses and they're having drink forced down their throats and being you know laughed at Mm. or questioned but often it's other people's insecurities around their own drinking you know they need 
everyone to be doing it. And, you know, I was there. Exactly. And I, and You're I did making that. them uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, and we all do that as well. You know, in, in the time before I decided, no, I need, I need to stop drinking so much. I spent a lot of years looking at what other people drank, you know, to try and say, oh, it's not as much as that person anyway. And, you know, everyone's mm. functioning, everyone's successful, you know, oh, that's okay, then I don't have a problem because you, you do that. You know, but but that's not really mm. the point either. You know, when, whenever you're drinking alcohol and it's having an effect on your general well-being, you know, that's that's the limit for you. Right. And I think what you said there, it's also interesting, like how you're very observant. I remember it being as well. And I remember when someone wasn't drinking much, I'd be like, what's what's their problem? Like, you know, why, why are they not participating in this thing? And I think it's because us humans, we are very, very smart. We don't give us enough credit to ourselves how clever we are. But we lie to ourselves, and right? So, so somewhere inside of us, we know that this is not good for us. Like our body is telling us this is killing us, this is poisoning us, and like we don't feel great after. We know we're not going to feel great after, but we're still doing it, right? So we try and find ways to kind of cover that up and try and be like, hey, you, you join in. So when someone comes in and, and doesn't want to participate in the rage, in the craziness and that hysteria that is, you know, getting drunk and dancing at a table and like, talking loudly and all that then it makes people really uncomfortable. So you're, you're like, you get triggered. And I, I'm saying that because I remember it myself. I'd be like, oh, God, what? You know, whereas now when you take the step to the other side and you're working from the other side, I, it's, I can't believe I used to be like that myself. I, and so my, the only conclusion I can draw is that because I just knew it was bad. So I was trying to find all these reasonings as to why, you know, why that wasn't true, why this is necessary, because we only live once and all that jazz, right? Yeah, I think so. And, and there's always the fear of missing out. And I think because from a young age, alcohol is in your hand for every fun occasion, you just mm. have this, you know, illusion. It's, um, you know, Alan Carr, he, he talks about in his book, doesn't he, that, that a lot of the things are illusions. And, and one of the brilliant shifts that you do mentally is to say, no, this is an illusion, it's not true, and to kind of tell yourself the truth about the situation. And the fact is, mm. if you go to a party and you're with a lot of people you love and they're dancing and laughing and haven't seen them for ages, that's actually the fun part of that situation. It's not the alcohol, mm. but we give the alcohol the credit and we say, oh, yeah. well, you, you must have alcohol in your hand to, to enjoy. And it's yeah. true that when you've done that your whole life from you know in my case at age 14 well 15 or so you know I was out on a Friday night with my friends and learning how to drink because that's what you did you've never mm -hmm. done those situations you know you haven't learned and I always say you know going alcohol free as an adult when you have you know when alcohol has played a large part in your role in, in your life in going out in socializing it is a bit like physiotherapy <laughs> like you, you have to learn to do these things again and like we talk a lot in the community don't we about building the muscle right and you go and you do it once and it's like building a muscle you have to do it a few times and it, it does feel weird because yeah. you know the one thing alcohol does do it's an anise it's an anesthetic right so you don't mm. you don't notice your feelings as much in the beginning and so mm. yes you might feel more comfortable going in and dancing because that's the way you've always done it but yeah when when you don't have the alcohol you just have to force yourself to do it a couple of times mm. and tell yourself the truth about the situation and actually then you realize people are more interested that or this is true in anything anyway not just alcohol people are interested in themselves 
that's how it is mm. they're not actually mm. that interested in what you're doing after the initial oh you're not drinking oh you're boring oh my god then they go and talk to someone else drunk and then they forget yeah. about you anyway and then by the time you make your entrance on the dance floor you know doing your mum dancing or whatever it is they're wasted and they're yeah. like oh that person's a great dancer and so you just have to get over it it's, it's all in your head and you yeah. do it a few times and you build the muscle and then you think oh my god this is actually so much fun that I can choose what I'm doing. I can stop when I want to stop. I can drive home when I want to drive home. And then at the end of the night, when the people are all hanging off you and hanging off each other, (laughs) they're going, oh, I can't believe you've done this sober. That's so cool. You're going to feel good in the morning. And then they might even open up about how they wish they didn't drink so much. So that's been Mm. my personal experience. Yeah. I mean, I have to say you, you have a very very social life like you you don't hold back from going out just because you're not drinking i mean you have a lot of you look you go clubbing you go out dancing and then you you go in and you have a lot of fun right so will you tell me a little (laughs) bit about that i mean this is great because i think a lot of people get fearful like you say it's not about retraining the muscle but a lot of people they kind of go oh no uh you know i can't possibly be so strange and be so weird i want you to tell the other side of that because i see you you go out and you go for it you have a lot of fun right so tell me a little bit about that experience and also like what do you hear from people like that for example and someone will be like oh completely you did the sober but what else have you heard out and about oh well I, I guess you know clubbing is a specific thing right for me because I'm I'm very into trance music so there's a mm. scene with that there's you know specific DJs we go to see and, and I think to start with it's a very open sort of community you know like we even call it if you're a member of those groups it's family right it's trance family everyone's very open and whatever so it's a very let live live and let live culture anyway but I wasn't giving that up because I'm not drinking and so you know I go along I take the car I go in I drink coke which um, I gave up caffeine as well along my journey Um, so I don't drink much caffeine much you know now either so for me if I go out on a Friday because it's an all-night event then you know you're out till till six I'm like yeah let me have my four four cans of coke so um, you know uh, that that's what I do to to kind of keep awake or feel like I'm, I'm, I'm having something but um you know I go and I dance there's no way I was not doing that anyway but it's a different I think it's actually ironically easier even though it's about staying up all night and dancing if you like that music that's not a difficult thing to do um I think mm. the more difficult situations socially are probably where the, the whole situation revolves around drinking like there's some really boring drinking mm. occasions out there that I wouldn't do anymore and I wouldn't advocate to yeah. people to do and that's really where you know if you've got a culture of people go down a pub every Saturday and they go down there and they just sit there and actually that's a really boring environment uh, you know if you weren't drinking you would be bored in that environment because you're in the yeah. same place no one has got you know any particular thing interesting to talk about nothing's really happening so you actually need to be drinking to find that an interesting situation <laughs> because you're anesthetized anyway. because you need to anesthetize your brain because it's so boring right so if that sort of situation that you know I have tried to do and realize quite quickly you're bored so then you sort of go and you say hello to the people and then you you might leave and go and do something else so I think it's mm-hmm. it's being mindful about you know, it's not that you need to be drinking to to, to enjoy a situation you genuinely enjoy. But if, you know, there mm. might be situations that you wouldn't really genuinely enjoy if you weren't drinking. So I think that's how I can enjoy clubbing and dancing still because music and dancing for me is, is so enjoyable anyway. I don't need alcohol for that. But if it's a group of people or a situation that might be a bit a bit 
you know boring honestly um and that might equate even to somebody's birthday party on a you know if it's not someone you're particularly close to or to be honest you might even be someone you're close to but then they get a bit useless after drinking and everyone's drunk you know (laughs) it's it might be that your longevity is less you know you go for a couple mm. of hours you, you have your drinks that you enjoy your life and sodas or whatever it is you're having and, and then you make your right. excuses and you go and you do something else you'd rather do so it's kind of owning your mm. decisions being mm. you know one of the members on, on one you know be um, Neil Gay shout out to him he always talks about having his plan and he always thinks in advance who's going to be there how long he might want to be there he has his alcohol free beers in his car in case there's no um, mm. no drinks at the bar that that's that's a factor as well Mm, thinking forward what you're going to drink it is always a thing and personally I'm a big fan of spending lots of money to buy treats for myself if I want to so where I would have had a glass of wine I'll sometimes you know now I don't mind buying an alcohol free cocktail even though it's Mm. like eight pounds you think oh my god (laughs) what a ripoff like what a ripoff is that um, but it, it's you know it's, it's whatever works if I feel like having something special that at that time then it's good why not you know mm. yeah right. yeah yeah exactly do the preparation and preparing but don't not go out right no exactly yeah. don't, don't not go uh. out build the muscle but just be mm. prepared some stuff might not be as you remembered it and then that's mm. great because you've got space and mm. you've got a space to do something else you enjoy yeah and find that and by the way, that's another big topic, you know, around enjoying the alcohol-free life is that you can't mm. expect to take out this big part and for your life to carry on exactly as it was just without the alcohol. Because if you do that, there will be a gap because mm. also you might continue to do these, you know, situations. That I was just saying for me, the boring example of, you know, the pub where everyone only really goes to get wasted. If you're going to go there and just not be getting wasted that's probably a boring thing to do and you're going to not feel comfortable and and I would change out that situation for something else. So you see a lot of people take up hobbies, you know, become more physical, do more sport. There's something around finding or spending time with people that inspire you as well, that have shared shared goals or values. And sometimes that can Mm -hmm. be difficult. So, um, you know, for me personally, there's a lot of people that I've met through One Year No Beer that I've never actually met personally that I would like to meet personally. So actually, um, we talked about it, Jen, you and I, um, last yeah. week, that I'd actually quite like to make an effort to meet some of those people and to do more things yeah. with those people. Because, you you know, you've got this space now and it's about taking your life forward, not sitting in yeah. the life you had before and just having no right. alcohol in it because that's, yes. that's not going to work. No, but another point there is that because because you're not drinking, you're going to have so much more time because you, you're not going to spend time feeling rubbish or you're not going to spend time running around getting the alcohol, which a lot of people mention in their journeys that they didn't realize how much time they spend their day, how much what big proportion of the day that they actually spent thinking about alcohol? What time would be a good time to start drinking? What to accept all? And then, you know, buying the alcohol, drinking the alcohol, and then feeling hungover and all this stuff afterwards, right? It drags on. So when you remove the alcohol and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I have so much more time. If you don't fill that time, you'd be like, well, I'm so boring now. I don't do anything. Well, it's because it's not all of a sudden going to happen. You're going to have to make yourself busy, right? Because you're, you're gaining so much time, time that you didn't have before, because before it just went into the abyss so you're gonna have to find something to fill that time and and i i talk to this a lot with clients and it's about every moment that passes every minute hour day week month like that's a day month week that you're not getting back 
And it's like, it's, we're going one direction. It's that, that way. And people go, Oh, I've got loads of time. It's like, no, you don't. You like, you make the most out of it. So when you do something like this, give yourself the gift of like more time. Like, what are you going to do with that time? It might take some figuring out, right? Not everyone is sporty. Not everyone wants to, you know, walk up a mountain. Not everyone wants to do all that, but there are still things that you can do. You just got to figure out what it is, right? That makes you tick. Yeah, that's true. And and that probably does take a little bit of effort mm. to do. And I've still got more effort to do in this area because I did take up more sport. And, you know, I still work quite a lot of hours. So for me now, my days, my habits are all much healthier, but it is very much sport before work, work, my daughter. Now I go to bed at 10 o'clock and I get excited about, um, this is not a good thing to say. This will, this will make everyone think you have it, it's boring thing to do, but I actually get really excited if I can go to bed at 10 o'clock because I know now I, I wake up before six and that's kind of all shifted and then I'm ready to go and I feel, I feel really fresh and on it. But I know that's not for everyone. Everyone doesn't have to go to bed at 10 o'clock, but I still find that, you know, I would like to squeeze more base into that, 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 you know, those, that time and to do more things that, you know, new things, you know, one of my principles or values in life I identified that I haven't really followed up on enough is trying new things. I do believe Mm. that that really helps you grow. And it's, even if it's things you don't necessarily think you're going to be good at, always learn something about yourself. You always learn, you know, even if you only learn what you don't like, um, I think it's worth to do. So probably it is worth, you know, when you're doing a bit of work on yourself, which by the way, I love the whole one year no beer program for, because it, it offers you this little window into working on yourself. You know, the nuggets you get every day, they're all different. They're in the territories of you know, healthy eating, sport, exercise, mental stuff. You know, it's just a nugget that, that we got. And I really found that great when I was doing the, the 365, because I obviously upgraded from the 90 to the 365. Um, mm. And it just gives you this little window into various concepts that you can follow depending on, you know, what, what your interests are and that's one of the things that I took out of it was you know writing down all of the things I used to enjoy as a child and and trying new things mm-hmm. so that's something that I've got as a goal for this year actually is is to follow up on that a little bit more because I've you know Great. I've got caught in my new kind of rabbit run of doing my sport and my work and everything but there's still more things I'd like yeah. to try as well that's great I mean the, the work never stops I always say that the work never stops like what else can I do and I think it's what we talk often about like the whole thing of like be, becoming addicted to something I think humans what we are addicted to is like feeling good like we want to feel good so when we start feeling good we're like oh what else can I do and so you mentioned you did so you signed up initially for the 90 day and then you kind of went oh this is good I um, upgrade to the 365 and then you mentioned you you went on you signed up to a mastermind as well what was that experience for you and what brought you to master mind well it was really finished in the 365 and because you know like I said I'd really appreciated this daily check-in of Mm. let's reflect about this today oh okay that that gives me this insight or or you know that that idea and I thought what am I going to do at the end of this and Mm. because I was a January starter it was kind of coming to the end of the year so it was the time when mastermind was advertising you know there was going to be a session so I thought oh that's perfect I'll sign up to that from January and the mastermind course was I think what 12 weeks so uh, that that was really why it was just the natural next step for me and I suppose I'm I'm fortunate in so far as you know I, I could afford to do that and so I wanted to continue the journey of investing and learning in myself you know investing in myself and I I guess for me that's something I always want to do now I've got the bug I've got the bug for doing that and 
it's it's incredibly mm. valuable actually to just spend some time every day thinking about whatever it is you're working on you know so through mastermind mm. you you do a bit in the beginning about you know it's more of an analysis and it's it's about understanding who you are and where your opportunities are to grow in your life mm. so mm. once you do that you set a goal and so then I was working on a you know a goal for the rest of the time so that really works for me to have have that reflection time mm. and to be working on a goal all the time because otherwise I just let myself get sucked into what I call the hurricane yeah. or into the storm yeah. so you know I, I'm quite a visual person as, as Jen knows and one of the analogies that I've come up with for how I try and live my life now is being in the eye of the storm I try and be in the eye so I see all the stuff spinning around me and before I used to be in the storm being spun mm. around and you know it, it's a journey sometimes I get sucked into that storm and I feel myself going around I think right I need to get back into the eye I need to you know center again I need to get back to there and and that for me is it's it's all it's all part of this one year no beer journey you know it it and this is why it's been so amazing for me because I never really knew that stopping alcohol would give me the clarity and would end up being the cornerstone for all the other healthy habits and for all of this self-growth. Mm. Um, but it has. It really has. I love that. Did you know that we offer loads more support? Yes, I'm talking about time with coaches, Zooms, meeting other people, locking eye to eye, meeting awesome OIMBers who are on the same inspiring journey as you. All of those things are available in AFM. We created AFM as a close, small community that is really there to help people master changing the relationship with alcohol. So if you're looking for a little bit more support, you want to meet more OYMBers, or you just want to take your alcohol-free journey to the next level, then check out oneyearnobeer.com forward slash AFM. And if you put in the discount code PODCAST10, capital letters, PODCAST10, we'll get you 10% discount off joining AFM. How would you say that your OMB journey um, has impacted, you know, your loved ones, your husband and um, your daughter? Like, how, how, what was the, has there been a change there for you? Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds really cliche, but, you know, obviously, you know, I, I'm more present for them and I show up basically I show up all the time and I show up as the same person because you know you don't realize again when when you're having you know quite a lot of wine in the evenings you're just generally under part all the time and so you're crawling really you know I was doing a good job at work I was delivering at work but there was there was not I always say there was nothing left outside of that and more mm. than that there was no magic so since I don't drink anymore, I do more than just, you know, deliver my job well. There's a bit of magic because I've got I've got the resilience and the, com you know, the confidence part and uh, the energy really to, mm. to to do the magic at work, which is what actually counts, you know, um, yeah. in, a, in a lot of professional environments. It's not just about the delivering. It's about seeing things in a fresh mm. way or, or, you know, inspiring other people with giving mm. a little bit more of yourself. And those are the things that you right. find hard to do when you feel under par, right? So mm. just that being the same person, having that big a reserve every day you know professionally but you know also at home it just means that all your relationships are better you know your people come to you more you're more available for people to come to and um 
you yeah. know, that that can only be a good thing. Absolutely. You know, you kind of become this beacon of people. They, they, you know, when you can deliver that little bit of extra, you know, it, it just makes you step, you step up without even stepping up, you know, you, cause you have just that little, that little edge, right? And that I can relate with that so much, especially with the parenting side, because you keep a good face and do work. But then like, by the time you came home to the family, you're just like, Oh gosh, exhausted. And so you weren't able to completely give what your kids deserve. I, I wasn't able to give my kids what they deserved either, um, which, gri- which grates on you. I mean, you did your best, right? But I always felt that b- bit of guilt because I'd be snappy or I'd feel, you know, low energy and stuff. And so for me, that was like one of the easier, ca- like the catalyst decision of, uh, of wanting to change. So I wanted to change for me, but because I wanted to step up and be better in every aspect, but I had to do it for myself first. And that's when all the beauty happens, you know, because then, you know, you become, a, you automatically become a better mom, a better wife, a better colleague or boss or whatever. But, but it's that little extra like you say the magic that that you lack because we can all get we can all manage and get by right it's that and getting yeah by. but you we- don't realize how much you're doing that honestly that that's mm. all i would say and this is the thing that's so hard to explain to people that you know that are still drinking that maybe still have this idea of you must have had a problem to to stop drinking because mm. you know you don't want to go around saying well yeah but imagine your life you're doing fantastic. You're a great person and you're delivering. But imagine, even if that's only 80% of what you can do, you know, it, it, you're, right. you're achieving all of that in spite of drinking. Exactly. In right. spite of drinking. So brilliant for you, but it's so much harder work to achieve mm. what you're achieving with the drink. And there's still a bit, you know, you've got headroom in there. But you, it's really yeah. a difficult message to give people because you're basically saying, you know, you're not living your best life, which is not a message people want to hear necessarily. So no, for sure. You for can sure. only relate it to yourself and you can only... Mm try and be the proof of of, of that by mm. by your actions um which i think does come through sometimes but it's so yeah. so hard to explain to people um what you know what is that headroom what does it look like it's, mm. it's really hard but just picking up on what you said about the kids you know i noticed as a mom you know i was present a lot like if we were on holiday i would be there I would be there doing mm. things. But if my daughter wanted to play in the pool, no, play with daddy. I would be there and I would watch them play. And it wasn't really no. my thing, you know. And it, it, it's probably still not as much my thing as, as his. So that's, mm. that's who I am. I'm not, I'm not really a silly player. You know, I, I'm more like, oh, no, can we go and get a book or no, <laughs> let's let's let me give you a spelling yeah. test or let, let, let me. Yeah. Test you about something. That's what I was like as a kid. Right? I used to try and force my friends to play schools and they'd be like, no, can we climb a tree? I'd be like, no, but I want I want to play schools. I want to be the teacher. <laughs> yeah. so, you well, know. That's OK. That's OK. I'm going to put my hand up and say, like, I'm the same. Like, Rue is the joke. Like, he, he, he has so much energy. I can't keep up. So I'm like, just go and play with daddy. And that's OK. Right. Yeah. Even though I don't trick. That's it's OK. To yeah. But. <laughs> Sometimes I jump, but now at least I will jump in the pool because I'm not, yeah. you know, I will go in and play for a little while or I'll say, oh, I'll have a go at that. And, you know, my daughter, she's seven. She mm. was wanting to learn to dive. So I said, oh, I, I remember I used to be able to dive. I'll see if I can dive still. So I'll do it. And if, if I was feeling under par or really exhausted, mm. I'd be like, oh, I can't be doing that, you know. So it just no. lets you push yourself a little bit as well to, to do mm. things. 
with them. It's like going that extra 20%, you know. I, I love that that point you made about like, you can't tell people this, but it's like, uh, sometimes you can't, you'd like, I just want to shake them and go like, you're amazing. Can you imagine? Like, I just want you to feel what you could feel. Like, you're incredible now, but imagine how good you could feel if you don't, if you just give it a shot and just saw it. But so what do we think is the, why, why is it so difficult for people to like, oh no, I can't, I can't possibly give up that. Like, oh, but if you tell them, listen, you're, you're doing amazing, but this is just 80% like max of your capacity. Imagine going the extra 20%. Like, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to do it? Mm, no, I don't think I can. Like, what, what do you think people are so fearful? Well, it's bad numbers for a start, isn't it? Like 80-20, people think, oh, it's 80-20. So they're like, probably what's in yeah, that 20, like, I don't need. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I, I won't try and use that one and sell that one on anyone, I don't think. Um, no. What is it, the Pareto rule, I think. But um, it, it's because of the illusion, back to the illusion the alcohol is a reward, that it's a comfort, that it, it's the gateway to all golden, sparkling, joyous occasions. And it just, it's not true. It isn't true. Mm. But even for myself, you know, I'm, I still, because you're never going to break these associations that are in your brain, you know, 40 odd years mm. I had of, of mm. believing those things that the media teaches you that, mm. you know, it, it, you know, TV, film, Everything teaches you the, these beliefs about alcohol. And I do still think it's shocking that, you know, we as adults, no criticism to anyone because we're just doing what was taught to us and what society says is normal. But adults will say, oh, 16 now, you can have your first beer, go on, do it, do it. Because that, mm. that that's the norm. So that's massive mental conditioning. And even me, like I, I know it's an illusion. I truly believe it's an illusion. I still, on a subconscious level, sometimes believe that illusion because for years I've mm. believed that illusion. So if you say to me, what mm. does drinking mean to you? I immediately am transported to say, imagining myself in a party situation with a glass of champagne, laughing and there's music and everyone's super happy. And you believe that's what alcohol gives you. But it is mm. the illusion because you can be in that situation without the alcohol. It's just that we've attached alcohol to it. But I think because it's such, such strong conditioning and we believe it so much, mm. you don't want to give up why would you want to give up your gateway to all things joy and sparkling? Right. Why right. would you? And so it's hard. I think this is why I feel lucky in a way to have got to a point with it where I felt really not sparkling that I thought. And like I say, I had no idea that alcohol was having any anywhere near as much of an impact as it was when you unpicked it. Yeah. But I just felt unhealthy in general. So that was why I did it. I was doing it along with food. But I feel grateful almost to have had that opportunity to take the break to see it because I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. Yeah. You know, pe right. people that are, and there are a lot of people, I've got friends that drink insane amounts, in, you know, all of the time. You know, they, mm. they perform at work. They're very successful. Some of them wake up and have Baileys in their coffee mm. on a regular basis and, and they're okay. And they don't seem to, and they're, they're younger than me, I might add. Mm. Who knows how long you can keep that up? I don't know. But, but, they are not at a stage where they're feeling really yet any mm. negative impact in their life. So I think the gateway for change is not there for them. It's not mm. strong enough for them to, to really go into it and test out what it really gives you. 
Whereas for me, once you go in and you you do those first couple of weeks, I think anyone that's been drinking any, you know, a lot of people drink a glass of wine a day, even if it's only a glass. Like you said earlier, it's not about getting drunk. It's just that mental crutch of it's the end of the day. I It, it basically means what you actually need in your brain is, thank God, that day's mm. over. Five minutes, mm. uh, like I can change gear now. It's about a transition. The wine doesn't yeah. give you that transition. You could do that yourself. You mm. could go for a walk, but we believe it's the wine, right? But anyone that's been using wine every day for that has even one glass. Mm. When they stop, I guarantee they're going to have realizations about their behaviors, about how strong that trigger really was. They're going to have mm. to ask themselves, why do what's what's happening in the run-up to that trigger that I really need it that much and they'll think what can I do to change that and the first couple of weeks you have so many realizations but you Mm. you kind of need to go into it to get those realizations and then it becomes like a snowball effect because if you're like me you're curious about it and you think but why was that oh my god I can't believe that you know this was my behavior about that and and so Mm. it then is quite an interesting period of snowballing it's not easy because you still haven't done those all of those things of going to that event or, you know, all of those things you have to build the muscle for, you still are going to have to build and you're going to be triggered all of the time. Yeah. But I think you get such insights from sticking with it um, in the beginning, especially that then mm. you can give it up. But I think until you're yeah. in it, it, it's really, unless you're in a really bad low point, which I know some people are, I think to answer your question, why do people find it so hard to give up? Because the belief that you're getting so much out of it is so strong. It, it's stronger than any benefit you could believe you derive. That's why. Yeah. And that's a really strong belief as well. Like you have to believe really hard for that to come become real. So that's why it becomes so difficult. But, and also a lot of people, they, they drink, but maybe because they've had a bad experience and, it, and it kind of helps them kind of not think about stuff and worry about stuff. But also it helps not having to deal with stuff. It could be relationship problem, marital problems, work problems and stuff. So it's just easier to drink because then we don't have to think about it and worry about, it. oh, you know, I hate my job. Don't want to do it. Oh. You know, having a drink, make it think another day, like, it's fine. It's fine. Another day. So that you kind of, you're just prolonging that pain because it's going to come at some point. If it's you really awful. don't like the situation. It's, really. Yes, it's, it's absolutely awful. And that's one of the things that I say now, you know, like, I feel like I'm moving forward. You know, nothing, nothing has really changed. You know, when I, when I started this and I was feeling so low, you know, I was having question marks about, am I built? to deal with such a stressful job you know and I used Mm. to have fantasies about going and living on a desert island and becoming a yoga teacher when I don't I can hardly do yoga right so this was (laughs) this was not a realistic uh thing for me to be thinking just to make that clear you know and and I went into it in in that state but I wasn't moving forward and and now at the other end Mm. you know I've gone from strength to strength at work you know I've put in personal boundaries I'm actually spending less desk time than I used to do my boss had sort of commented on how much more productive I was at some point during the journey which was like absolute proof that you know Mm. it's it's worth it to work on yourself because you give much more back Mm. and I've actually gone from strength to strength there so I think I'm, I move, you, you move forward and I've realized on so many things, you know, when, when you're tired and you just have a drink and put it off, you don't move forward and you just stay in the same, in the same situation with all of the same challenges, concerns and fears, right? A lot of it is fear. That's the, mm. at the root of why a lot of us are drinking. You know, it, it, it's fear. And when you get rid of that, 
you sort of and I see this a lot on the group as well you know you realize that life isn't all unicorns and people might have to make really tough choice you know they might realize their relationship doesn't work or they hate their mm. job or whatever but you've got the clarity to take the small you know first of all accept that situation and acknowledge you need to do something and then start to do something about it and you know oftentimes you realize things aren't that bad so just for me like I say with my job when I built my resilience and my well-being I can absolutely do my job and more and I'm you know going to have great new opportunity come you know very soon which I can't believe because of that so actually things aren't as bad as you seem when you just remove the feeling crap most of the time mm. but then maybe there is something more deep and, and you're going to have the ability to do that and at least you'll be moving forwards I think that's a, such yeah. a huge thing alcohol it is an anesthetic and it just puts you in yeah. a it just numbs you and keeps you where you are and it's it's Oh, I could talk about that for ages as well. It makes me so no, mad. No, no, it's, it's good. But it's the whole thing. I love that point of like, if you have stuff that you're dealing with or that you're running away from or hiding or like, oh, I don't know. I don't think my relationship could, could survive if I stopped drinking. That's telling you something, right? Because we know that with alcohol, um, you know, there'll be friction, a lot of friction and all that stuff. So, so if alcohol is the only thing that binds you, that's going to come crashing down eventually, right? So we see that a lot in these communities where people go like, Oh, my relationship is failing. I realize I'm divorcing my wife, my husband, whatever it is going on. And that, that, that's not something because of, of like a bad thing. It's a good thing because it's something that probably would have happened much later in life in any way. So what you do is again, you're getting you're buying time you're getting time back for yourself where you get time to go and do something that you love and thrive in instead of kind of just filling out the days with the help of alcohol just to kind of get by exactly who wants Uh, who wants to just survive and this is like you know uh, I've I've got ideas of grandeur that I'm going to write a book at some point, and and there's definitely mm. something in nothing unique in in my thinking here, by the way, at all. But this concept of moving from sur- surviving to thriving, you know, what is it that gets you from surviving to thriving? And mm. you know, there's a great book actually by I think it's Barbara Friedrichson about positivity, and she talks about this a lot. A bit of a plug for that book is uh, it's one of my go-to books that I like to always read because it kind of right. is really uplifting and That's helps great. you. No, we we love we love book uh, recommendations here we our audience love reading books yeah so like positivity it, it's, it's fantastic and actually the mind the the paradigms that she has you think god how did i not think like this before it's you know about being open it's about being welcoming and it, it links a lot to this idea of, of moving forward and yeah well on, on on this community that's that's something that everyone's trying to do is move forward but you, mm. like alcohol just holds you where you are you need to get rid of it so that you can really see where you are who you are and and just take baby steps to it doesn't matter if they're baby steps but just be moving forward instead of stuck where you are Mm. like paralyzed with fear a lot of the time yeah so um you mentioned the community quite a lot and you are very active in that would you say that the i was going to ask you the questions but i was going to ask you do you think that uh, the community of one year beer is one of the more powerful elements of the omb challenge experience for you um yeah I think so I think so that and the daily the daily emails I found really good as well um Mm. you know to for the reasons I talked earlier you know just giving you that snippet or an insight not too deep that you have to you know if it's about food it's not that you have to sign up for a 40-day diet it just gives you something you think oh maybe I'll try that if it's not for you ignore it but no the community is really good because it's you know like-minded people all trying to build something so I think it's the overwhelming positivity 
that's on there mm-hmm. and there's so many people on there you can always find someone that's like you or, or has had that mm. situation someone's always online as well because it's you know global um mm. and you know people use it differently so sometimes you use it to to share something you think is useful to people and it actually makes you feel good because for me I, I use it sometimes a bit as a diary like I use Facebook in general I, I think I've got something to say so I want to crystallize it and get it out there but sometimes yeah. you know you want to ask for support and say has anyone had this situation um you know what do people mm. think so it's it's really good and I was thinking actually earlier, I wonder if it's because of the moderators that they take a lot of stuff off. I don't know. You would know that more than me. But it's it's quite mm-hmm. unusual that you get a group on Facebook that is so overwhelmingly positive. You know, mm. um, normally you've got trolls everywhere kind of yeah. making negative well, that, comments. Well, I mean, anyone who, anyone who knows Facebook and groups, so there, there needs to be moderators. Otherwise, it can turn in, especially because of what we do. Um, it needs to be a safe environment. And the most important thing is that our members feel safe and that it's an, it's an open place for them. So this is why, I mean, the moderators are necessary because, you know, someone could be having a really bad day and lashing out <laughs> and, uh, and, you you know, that could be very triggering. So things like that might, you know, that's why moderators are so important. But it's not like anything is censored. It's more just like making sure that people feel like this is safe because it is a private group. No one else can access it. It's just members of the of the who are doing the challenges. And it's just supposed to be that what you're saying, like this free, positive environment where you can get inspiration, support. I mean, we have a lot of uh, lurkers and the lurkers yeah, call yeah. themselves, they call themselves lurkers, by the way. Um, so it's okay to say it, but they call themselves lurkers because they'll show up and be like I've been lurking here for a while but um, you know this is my first post and they might have been a member for a year or longer but they just haven't been comfortable because it takes a lot of bravery for some who who might be be a little bit more closed up people and not maybe so quite so extrovert um, for them to be you know embrace the vulnerability of just posting and putting themselves out there I mean but once they do it, they go, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I didn't do this sooner because the the support that you get. We love this because we don't have to do much other than supervise and make sure everyone is, you know, doing well and, add, you know, meaningful content to you guys. But what we do is what we observe this beautiful community that just lift each other up and support each other like you're making our job very easy it's really it's really amazing and i was thinking this um earlier on because i was obviously having a few thoughts before coming on to chat to you and i was wondering you know if if even rue would have envisaged the way the group would go in terms of Mm. the dynamism because it's a bit of one of those two plus two equals five situations you know the magic that goes on Mm. um with that support I, th- I think, you know, the connections that are made, the, the support that people give each other, it, it is, I think you couldn't really have foreseen that in the planning mm. stage, you know, it's like, it, it, no, it's amazing. No, and it's really, really powerful. It, it is a beautiful thing. And no, I mean, he's always blown a mind, blow, blown away by this. And still today, you know, all these years later, because, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, he's just plugging away, like, how can we reach more? How can we help more people? How can we serve these people better? And, you know, that he always has to think this. So I, I sometimes have to drag him to the, like, watch this. And he goes, yeah, I know. He's like, I just can't believe it because he, I remember him sitting with his day job and then he had his little laptop and answering customer support questions on the side, you know, in the beginning of this. Um, and so it's amazing to have watched it 
um, kind of grow. And that's why it's so incredible for us to just, I just love what, sitting, just lurking in the communities to see what people are doing and saying and how they're lifting each other up. And also when you see people having like a really difficult day on their you know, something has happened quite tragically in their life and the, the overflow of love and support there is just... Yeah, it really makes me tick. Because so, it's about um, humanity, yeah. It's about exactly. humanity. Humans are good. You know, to the contrary, there's some bad eggs in the world. We know that. Like, there always has been. But deep down, humans are good. And we need to trust that and have more trust in people. So even if we've been burnt or had bad experiences, trust that there's good people out there for you. So what I always ask this to every guest, but for people who kind of stumble across this um, podcast and don't really know what we do, or they're kind of been lurking on our public page, and, you know, and kind of sitting on the fence or wondering, uh, you know, if this is for them, or even if it's members who have kind of started and they're struggling in the beginning, like, what would your words of advice be for them? Wow. Um, so that, Loaded question. <laughs> wow. Pe- people that haven't joined yet or have just joined. Yeah. So let's start with the people who are sit- who haven't joined yet, who are sitting on the fence going like, hmm, okay. I'm not sure if this is for me. Okay. I suppose I would say if you're ever questioning your relationship with alcohol, I would think your gut is telling you that there is something to look at. So mm. if there is something to look at, look at it and don't hide from it. And honestly, do the challenge, get some space from it. Um, You know, 90 days, I think, is the right amount of time to do this. The 28-day challenge, I get why it's there. Um, It's it's a bit more bite-sized. But I think with a challenge of that length, it's similar to a dry January. You can get through that on willpower alone. It's not really about change in your relationship. I think personally, you need longer. The 90 days gives you a big enough chunk where you're going to create the space from whatever habit or relationship you've got to see it for what it is and have those insights and then take it from there. You know, not not everybody needs to go on and do the 365. Maybe that's all you need for the 90. A lot of people find that actually they've got so many years of conditioning that they want to keep the gap keep the space and unpick mm-hmm. it for a bit longer but honestly I can I can say you come in do that get the space from it so you can understand your own relationship and, and get those insights really for yourself everyone's different everyone's journey is different but it, it's a bit like a relationship if you're thinking should I leave my partner uh, there's mm-hmm. a bit of a clue in there that definitely something needs looking at so I, mm-hmm. I would say do it for yourself it's only 90 days um I would say for your own peace of mind, for your own learning, also for your own kind of sense of confidence, actually. Um, You know, maybe you find that there's nothing to look at after all. Um, I I doubt it if that's your thinking. But, you know, I would just say it's worth it. Go for it and, and see the benefits for yourself and see if it's worth it for you. Yeah, I love that. That's great. And then the, uh, we had to split the question, but it's a big question. But what would you say to the people who are early in the journey and they're like, oh, gosh, I can't, you know, I can't get past, you know, day two or three or four. And it's just like, oh, I'm really struggling because we see that quite a bit. Like day three seems to be a lot of thing. People are like, oh, you know, it's it's it's, it's a challenge. Um, do you have any words of wisdom for them? So it's difficult, right? Because I wasn't a serial resetter. I know, I know a lot mm. of people have this and there's definitely mm. support in the group around this. Personally, I think the key lies in don't question the decision. There's mm. something in don't question the decision. Um, just commit to it, burn the boat, as it were. You know, there was this thing of, you're going to yeah. an island. There's something about a war analogy. The soldiers go to an <laughs> island and they burn the boat and that means they're going to win. 
um, because they've got no yeah. boat, they've got no alternative. Just really dig deep. If you want it, and you must do because you've been resetting so many times, there's mm. something that's not working in your belief system there that either you still believe somewhere that drinking is is a great thing to do and so yeah. you haven't got the willpower that you need in the beginning mm. or you haven't committed fully to it. So, you know, in the beginning, I think it's normal to still believe that maybe drinking is great and you, you maybe you're a bit angry and a bit resentful that why not me? Why can everyone else have such a great time drinking? And it's not, you know, I believe alcohol's great, but I just can't have it. I think there's an element of that in there. If that's the true, you know, if that's how you feel, Try not to think about that element of it too much. Just commit to the decision because there's a reason mm. that you want to give up. Tell yourself it's about creating the space and getting the space that you can think more rationally about it and see it for what it is. So I think it's yeah. just about digging deep. If you want to do it, commit to it. Don't question the decision and just say you're going to do that 90 days by mm. hook or by crook. And, and read yeah. books, read the quit lit as it's called, you know, Alcohol Explained was you know, really great one for me, explaining the impact of alcohol, why why we have those cravings, you know, that, that we do when you've been drinking alcohol for a lot of, you know, a lot of years. It's the triggers, the mental conditioning, all of that stuff. Um, if you can, if you mm. can string a, a week together, I would say, then you've got a good chance mm. of stringing 90 days together. Just don't question the decision. Do whatever it takes. Go to bed. Go to bed in the evening. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. walk home a different way from work. Be kind to yourself. Allow, you know, allow yourself to feel under par. You might feel like you're ill for a couple of days because your brain is just, it knows something's wrong. And so it makes you think you're ill. You're not ill. Um, just just do whatever you have to do to string that week I together. I love that. That is such good advice. See, now this is why this is why we ask this question because the insights um, for members who've done it and have and powered through it, regardless if they had blips or not, it's it's the whole thing of like what mindset can what what can they do differently if it's not working? You know, what can they do? So thank you for that. I love that. So what's next for you? I know you've got some exciting stuff coming up, which you can't tell me about. That's fine. Um, but uh, you got good things ahead. You're excited. Excited about life. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm, you know, really enjoying my job now. Really, and that's coming from a place of, you know, feeling confident, feeling, you know, open to whatever life brings. Also, having, you know, clear boundaries with, you know, my professional self, my family, and all of those things which I've got through the self work that mm. I've done over the last couple of years. So, yeah, feeling, you know, feeling really good with work, feeling really good with family. I want to find some more hobbies, probably things that I can do creatively this year so that I keep on, you know, doing new things as we were talking about in the beginning. And yeah, yeah possibly, possibly a move is on the cards for me soon. Very yeah. Yay! Very exciting. Honestly, thank you so much. And you, you are such an inspiration. I love seeing your posts in the group. I love seeing how you support the others in the group and how they love and lap up what you, because you are always very candid and very straightforward. And I love how you go and test the environment and be like, ooh, because a lot of people, like I say, they, they're a bit scared. They, they don't go out and type, but you're like, look, I'm going to go and jump in on the deep end. I'm going to go swim with the sharks. Watch me. You know, and, and I love that you're kind of testing us. And I, I know that really gives a lot of other members um, a lot of confidence. So thank you for being a beacon of light in our communities as well. Everyone who's been listening, Claire, Holiday is amazing. If you do join the groups, you'll see what I'm talking about. But um, let's thank Claire. Thank you so much for coming on today's show. And to everyone else, I will see you back here next time. Take care. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the One Year No Beer podcast, where our mission is to share and tell the stories of the everyday heroes who are taking the steps to make a meaningful impact by changing their relationship with alcohol. If you want to join our community and find out more about the variety of benefits that you can enjoy by becoming part of our 80,000 plus members within our alcohol-free movement, then click the link in the show notes below. 